Welcome to the ASA Mechanical Division Report, the bi-monthly podcast that brings you up to speed on how the Mechanical Operations Committee is working on behalf of our mechanical member shops. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association and features Tom Pipo, ASA Mechanical Division Director and owner of Tri-County Motors in Rudyard, Michigan. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and this special podcast is just one of the many member benefits the Automotive Service Association provides to keep you on top of the latest information you need to know to help drive your success. Hi, I'm talking with Tom Pipo, ASA's Mechanical Division Director, and with our bi-monthly update of activities for the Mechanical Operations Committee. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Doing well. Hope you're the same, and it's been an interesting time we're living in, I know. And this coronavirus seems to have impacted just about everything we've done. But I know the Mechanical Operations Committee has been busy. Can you give us an update on where we are? Sure, Tony. The first of the year seems like it was years ago, but really it's only been a few months. Just after the first year, we worked with members of Max Mobile Air Conditioning Society, making suggestions to how to correct a how-to video about recharging your air conditioning yourself. And we felt uh, if you're messing with pressures like that, you best leave it to a professional. And if it needs recharging, you have a leak and it's not environmentally correct, so on and so forth. So uh, that was one of our projects. From there, we had reviewed uh, some of the scanning and electronic repair procedures used by the ag and off-road industry and some of the pitfalls that they have been running up against. Now, luckily, we have an agreement with the manufacturers we deal with, uh, you know, the automakers, and they let us have some information. They let us uh, use aftermarket scan tools on their equipment. Not so much in the heavy-duty world with construction and ag equipment. If you can imagine a big five-ton harvester, a combine, and you had to load that on a trailer to take it to a dealership because they don't allow the independents or the farmers themselves to, to access that electronic information. So that was an eye-opener to us. We feel very fortunate with where we stand today. Much work was done with the MOC, the committee, on making plans to organize CARS, the Congress of Automotive Repair and Service, at the annual meeting. We went a long ways towards that, but unfortunately, with this coronavirus, the meeting is postponed or, or maybe even canceled until next year. We've been working. We've had our, our representative, Bob Redding, and a few others working to keep the inspections intact in Virginia. Virginia had been an inspection state, and there was legislation out there to kill the inspections. We got word just the other day that inspections are alive and well, and that bill was defeated, which is good news. Thanks to all working on that. Members of ASA also testified in Massachusetts at the right to repair hearings. Our President Ray Fisher stood up and made a speech in front of the, the Assembly of the Congress in there, stating our case towards automotive repair procedures in Massachusetts. We got a request from uh, Chris Gardner with AASA, the Automotive Aftermarket Suppliers Association, I'm wondering what our take was on factory scan tools, aftermarket scan tools, and the fees involved on accessing scan tools. And as a professional, we're used to paying fees and subscriptions to access service information, as well as some scan tool access. Sure, you can buy an aftermarket scan tool and it comes preloaded and you can go in and scan any car. But if you want dealer level access, we found that the best way to do cars, if you want to get down deep and make the repairs correct, if you want dealer level access, there's going to be a fee. And that fee does vary by manufacturer. Usually you can buy these access packages at just a, a day or two at a time or a month or annual. It boils down the annual is the cheapest subscription per day, but it's going to cost you more up front. 
That brings us to our planning of the ASA meeting for 2020 this year and what we're going to do about that and also what we're going to do about the business meeting in 2021. We had a lot of discussion going back and forth and the physical meeting for 2020 in Texas has been canceled. We may be having a virtual meeting, a business meeting, where we can have a platform like Zoom or go to meeting and have everybody chime in and hear their opinions and have votes and stuff like that and get business done. However, we feel the face-to-face -face part of it with the education classes and inviting all the affiliates in the general public, and we're going to have CARS is going to be in 2021, and we're currently working on that, on uh, dates and times and, and uh, such. Another thing that came up, seems like some of the auto manufacturers need another boost in the arm, and they're asking Congress to support another cash for clunkers program. If you remember the last one, it was quite devastating for us. They took all the cars that we were working on and pulled them off the road and you know, gave everybody a great incentive to buy new cars, which of course had warranties on them for two to three to five years. And we didn't see those. We lost a lot of customers, basically. Not a good thing for the aftermarket automotive repair industry. Not a good thing for our industry at all. That kind of brings us, Tony, to uh, the current state of affairs with the coronavirus, which came down hard on us last month. When we have our MOC meetings, the committee members like to share some of the challenges and how they corrected those, how they overcame them. I, I'm not going to use the word problem because I think a problem is just a challenge and an opportunity. We're definitely changing the way we're doing business. We shared that with each other. You know, most of us are now doing pickups and deliveries for customers so they can shelter in place. Most of us are also sterilizing in some manner, uh, wiping down cars to touch points, wearing gloves, taking appointments over the phone, uh, taking payment over the phone, and generally not making a lot of face-to-face -face contact with the customers. A couple of shops, and I'm going to adopt this myself, are using a, an ozone generator that will disinfect the cars. You put this machine in the car and it generates an ozone gas, O3, and will sterilize, kills the viruses, kills the germs, and kills most of the odors. However, the ozone itself depletes the oxygen in the car, and it leaves kind of a little telltale odor that will dissipate in a day or so. But that's another uh, alternative that, that shops could be using. And they're not real expensive. They're, you can buy them for around $100. Fancy ones are a little more. Get them from your favorite online retailer. The coronavirus issue has impacted virtually every facet of American life. Actually, life on the globe, really. I'm calling it World War C. But some of the changes that we've made, some of the best practices that have emerged, like contactless repair, like sterilizing vehicles, we've been discussing that actually customers seem to like some of the aspect of, of a contactless service experience. And we were wondering how much of this might be part of the new normal once we emerge on the other end of this crisis. Any thoughts on that as far as what you're seeing with respect to having to adapt your business to the realities of sterilizing cars and things like that? Has it really impacted the way you do business and, and had changed any of your best practices at all? Well, yes, Tony, it has. And the good thing about this is we seem to have a little more time on our hands to make these changes. You know, if you haven't noticed, business is slow all over. I mean, if, you're, if your local government hasn't closed your business as being non-essential, and thank goodness automotive repair is listed, I think, nationally as an essential business. We can stay in business. But our customers aren't driving, so we're not as busy. So, yes, we can have the time to uh, implement these practices. And it's been well accepted by both my technicians and my customers. They seem to appreciate it. I don't get any pushback on, you know, wearing the gloves I tell my techs, you know, wear a mask if you think you need to, but, you know, really a mask is to protect yourself more than anyone else, especially since we don't have the N95 masks widely available. 
acceptable, you know, the ones that really do the good job filtering out the stuff. I had a customer stand in front of me the other day and it was morning time and the sun was coming through the windows and he was just talking in a normal tone of voice. And I could see the spray from his mouth as he was talking, just talking like I am now, that you don't realize, you don't see it unless you have something lit from behind like he was that day. And it was really an eye-opener to me why it might be important to keep your social distance, why it's important to have the plastic panels on your service counter, and, and why it's important for some people to wear masks. Because the spread really is much more than you would think. That's amazing. Yeah, it truly is. Well, and, and it sounds like uh, the information that you're gathering and that we've been disseminating from the national office actually continues through the MOC. Part of the mission of the MOC is to interact with not just the industry, but a lot of the communication outlets that are out there, both consumer and trade. And you've done a few interviews this year, I believe, along those lines, right? Yes, we have, Tony. We've had some national publications call on us to get the local business aspect. When they call me, they want the kind of the 10,000-foot the view because I interact with a lot of different shops. You know, how's it affecting us and, and what are we doing about it? And, you know, what do we see in the future? Well, I wish I could tell them what I see in the future because I really don't know. We just got to kind of go with the flow and be prepared for whatever comes at us. Well, we've been through this sort of thing before, uh, not quite to the level I think that we're, we're facing. This is certainly unprecedented in my lifetime. I'm, I think it's fair to say it's unprecedented in pretty much everybody's lifetime at this point. But again, we tend to learn and grow, I think. And in many ways, crises like these help us advance uh, quite a bit. Things that we're learning to do different and better in some cases, leveraging some of the electronic communication tools that we have to talk for cust to customers, not only gives us that touchless experience, but it also in many ways can be more efficient. I tend to look at what benefits we can glean from all of this tragedy that we're dealing with. And it seems like when it comes to automotive service and repair, we've actually adapted fairly well. Yes. Yeah. And I know the, uh, the MOC will continue their meetings as they always do representing the interests of the automotive service industry. I want to thank you for the update. Any final thoughts before we let you go for the day? Well, just when I came up with this morning, Tony, you know, I like to stay out front with marketing and communication. And, and for several years, I've had this digital menu board in my lobby. I'm not so sure I'm going to be needing that much anymore. Why? Less customers in the lobby. I've I, A lot of the shops have closed their lobby and I have closed mine. It's still there available. I've taken a lot of the seating out. I have a stool or two available. But, you know, some shops won't let people even in their building, leave the keys in the drop box, slide a check under the door. They don't want any face-to-face. -face. I'm allowing that. You can come in and let's do business, but no, I, I can't have you hanging out all day. Because in the past, I've had, you know, six or eight people. I have six or eight chairs. I mean, I was kind of crowded. In this day and age, you know, that's not acceptable anymore. Well, we're going to have to have another conversation about that down the road. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for your time. We have been talking with Tom Pipo, the ASA Mechanical Division Director, giving us an update on the activities of the Mechanical Operations Committee. Tom, again, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tony. Have a great day. Bye now. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoyed this special podcast and would like to hear more, we'll have a new one every other month. You can hear them by logging on to your ASA member account. If you're not currently an ASA member and are listening to this podcast, we invite you to become part of the ASA family. For everything you need to become an ASA member, just visit our website 
at www.asashop.org. That's A-S-A-S-H-O-P dot O-R-G. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.